So today we'll look at generally um, the ministry of, uh, of a pastor in your life. Why do you need a man of God? Because there are some who believe they don't need one. If you think you don't need a man of God in your life, you, trust me, according to the scriptures, you, you think you're wiser than God. Someone once said, if you think you don't need a preacher, try baptizing yourself in heaven to be recorded as, as swimming. <laughs> oh, this one went swimming that day. <laughs> because even Jesus didn't need someone to baptize him. Now, he's the son of God, right? Couldn't he just have gone in water and say, I baptize myself and come out? Right? But he needed someone to actually do something. So, yeah, I don't know what, what title, but around that is what, what we'll, we'll, we'll look at. Now, generally, I'll start by opening this. I understand that to a large extent or to some extent, there has been, in certain circles or in certain teachings, there has been exaggerated teachings on honor and whatnot. I actually agree. There are some teachings on honoring ministers that are a bit too exaggerated, which even I wouldn't accept if you were um, to, uh, to, to do certain things for me that, you know what I mean, right? So some things, yes, are exaggerated, but the fact that something was exaggerated or abused doesn't mean it's bad. You understand, right? Doesn't mean it's bad. The fact that someone decided to manipulate, it's like, let's say, for example, money. Generally, do people use money for good things? Okay, so you the money you use for bad things. What do you do with the money you have? See, so you said no. I said, do people use money for good things? You said no. So you the money you have in your pockets for bad things. Right? What are you doing with it? <laughs> so there are people who use money for good things. There are people who use money for bad things. Right? So is money the problem or is the people with the problem? You see? So, it's sometimes people focus on the wrong thing. They fight the wrong thing. So, as much as there has been exaggerated teachings on things like honor, however, there is a right way of doing it which is godly. And there's a right way of doing it which is biblical. Alright? We'll look at a few things around that today so that we, we get to, to learn. This month will be, will, will be nice. Just attend church. The teachings will just keep getting better and better. Amen. 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 Until all of you answer. Amen. Amen. Good. That's more like it. So as much as, it's like what um, my wife was teaching on Wednesday. What about how what was she talking about that woman? <laughs> uh God, something about not giving God mediocre stuff. Have you heard, right? <laughs> yeah. I was amazed when she was teaching. And you know how she, how she, I think I just woke up in the morning, like, I think I today should teach. And she's like, no, I'm like, you're teaching. <laughs> no, I am teaching. For real, yes. So I went to work. And when I came back, she was ready. <laughs> and sometimes I ambushed the ministers like that. 
I'm, 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 I'm planning on doing it one hour before one, with one of them. I'm like, oh, by the way, you know you're teaching tonight. Oh, pastor, I didn't know now, you know. <laughs> so, there's a difference between, uh, maybe let me, let, me, let me put it like this, okay? There's a difference between a man of God and your man of God. There's a difference. That's why you have to, when we teach like this, you have to know exactly what is for you. Not every man is called for you. Not every person is anointed for your sake. Now, generally, when we talk about um, how God uses ministers of the gospel, is that it's like there is no tree that bears fruit for itself. A tree bears fruit for other people. That means when God anoints someone, he anoints them for someone else's sake, not for, necessarily for themselves. Are we listening? So when there's a particular grace that is at work in someone's life, it's meant to profit the people around and those that God has put under his care, for example. So, for example, the way it is here. So, if God has given me grace, for example, for something in a particular area, really, it's the people around or the people that listen to the teachings, the people that actually are submitted to this ministry, to this vision that are supposed to benefit entirely. Now, when you don't understand or when you don't have a revelation, and that's why you must, you must know no man by the flesh, especially your man of God. You must know them by the Spirit, because generally, and to know someone by the Spirit, it's not even that deep, by the way. It's just simply to decide that, look, I'm going to honor this person because they're called by God. Understand, right? So generally, you must know the person by the Spirit, because if you relate with people according to the, to, to the flesh, that's all you will get. Even the Apostle Paul said, we, we, you see, in as much as we know Christ from the flesh, now we no longer know him from the flesh now. What, what that means is, look, they saw him walk in the streets of, 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 in, in, in Israel. They saw him live um, the life of, like, like every other person. He lived like every other person. He talked uh, like every other person, really. But generally, there was something about him that was not like everyone else. And they decided to look beyond the natural. They decided to look beyond what... Um, how someone appears. And generally, when we talk, when we talk like that, you don't necessarily judge ministers based, for example, on how they dress. You don't judge ministers based on things like age or experience or something like that. Because there are certain people who've been anointed by God and you'll be amazed at what God can do through them. You'll be amazed. And when God has given grace, like I said earlier, it's specifically for other people. That means you are a beneficiary of the grace on someone's life. And that's why when you notice a particular grace flowing, you can decide that this is, I'm going to partake of this. You understand, right? I'll give you an example. Um, my man of God, uh, Apostle Fred. When I started following him when he was pretty young, I think he was... Uh, he was just about 19 years of age at the time. Yes. I was also a teenager anyway. <laughs> you get the point. So I noticed something about him. I noticed that that man had grace for money. At 19, he bought his first car, I think. Not even with the help of parents. I was like, I don't want to be like this guy. Like... I'm struggling to buy shawarma. When I buy shawarma, then the money is, my pockets are just empty. <laughs> Peter twice a year. <sighs> we, can't, we can't live like this. You understand? I decided. Now, that's not even the reason why I, I followed him. Because I saw God at work in his life, generally. 
I saw God at work in his life. So the money aspect was just things I discovered later on. So I decided, look, I actually want this. And I realized that, look, this man has been ready for my sake. It means what's on him can flow on me. That's when the days of struggling ended. That's like, no one prayed. We just realized what we are connected to and decided to flow like that. I'll give you an example. One area where God has graced me a lot with, I don't struggle when it comes to jobs. I've never applied for a job. Every job I've worked for, I just go there and they hire me. I'm telling you the truth. Every time I've tried to apply somewhere, they just reject. But if I went to a company, I'm like, look, I'm here, I'm here, I want something. They get me on the spot. So if you are here, why should you struggle with that? You get it. Why should it be an area where you are applying for years and nothing is going on? It's because maybe you've not understood what God, what God is doing through the exact the ministry God has put you in. That's just one of the examples. I can give you several of certain things that we don't struggle with. Are you listening? So we'll get to the scriptures. But there's a difference between your man of God and every other man of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1. Are we there? Are you in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1? Are we there? So the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in, in, in Corinthians. And then he says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord? And then he says, are you not my work in the Lord? Imagine calling people, say, you are my work in the Lord. What that means is, when Paul, when God asks Paul exactly what work he did for him, Paul is going to produce people as proof that I served you. He's not going to explain, Lord, but I was lifting chairs. Lord, but I was, I was cleaning. Lord, but I, but I, you understand, right? says, you are the work of my, of my work, am I working the Lord? And then he says something very interesting. He says, if, verse 2, says, if I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtlessly I am to you. In other words, I may not be called for the rest of the world, but to you I'm called. He said, if I'm not an apostle to everyone else, but to you. What that means is, Every other person can see Brother Paul. You, when you see him, is apostle. There's a difference. And then he goes on to say, he say, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Talking to his church. Say, you are the seal of my apostleship. And then later on, he said, talking about how he's got the right to their money. You want to see it? Let me show you. <laughs> Go to verse 11. What does verse 11 say? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. <laughs> read it again. One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. And then it goes like, 
verse 12 says, if others are partakers of this right, because they're right, over you, are we not even more? And then they go and say, nevertheless, we've not used this right, uh, this, this right. It says, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel. In other words, we're supposed to suffer so the gospel doesn't get hindered. Otherwise, we've got the right to your money. That's what he's telling them. So, when you hear people know, uh, Jesus was a carpenter, Paul was a what, what? Paul was complaining. Paul was complaining there. Are you listening? So, the difference is this. The point I'm trying to make is this. this is, Paul here was simply saying, look, I may not be an apostle to others, but to you I am. That means there is someone that God has called for you. They may not be called for the rest of the world, but for you they are called. That's why the, the, rest, the whole world can pray for you, but the prayer of that one person God has called for you makes a difference. Are you listening? We'll get into certain things in detail as, as we go on. But you must understand and you must recognize that, look, this person may not be a pastor to the rest of the world, but to me, this is my pastor. For me, this is my man of God. You understand, right? The whole world may not celebrate them, but I will celebrate them because this is the one called for me. Let's go on. We'll not look at further scriptures. But one of the things that um, you must understand is that when someone is called for you, there are certain privileges and rights that you have that other people may not be partakers of them. There are certain things you can enjoy that other people may not necessarily enjoy. There's a dear man of God. I think he's late now. He... Um, yeah, he's late. He should have died a long time ago, maybe even in the 80s or something. So I was reading something about, uh, someone wrote something about him, and he said he went, he taught a lot about eternal life, and generally people walking in the life of God, all right? So he taught the church so much that when they got and understood it, the church grew. So to a point where he invited another minister, his, his, his friend. Now, the friend was very gifted in the gift of healings. That means when he prayed for the sick, the sick would, would be healed. You understand, right? So he invited his friend, and the friend now, um, when he was done teaching, he wanted to exercise the grace on his life and heal the sick in the place, right? If anyone was sick. So he asked to say, if anyone is sick, come forward and let me pray for you. Now, no one went forward. That was the first time he ever experienced it in his ministry. No one raised their hand. No one went forward. Now, afterwards, he asked, so look, how come... This is the first time that happened. And he said, look, I have taught my people eternal life to a point where they don't get sick. That means that gift is irrelevant in my ministry. So imagine you, you learn the word of God in a particular place such that you live above certain things. The rest of the world can suffer from certain things, but not you. Because there are things you've gotten in a particular place such that distinguishes you from the rest of the world. Are you listening? And that's why you don't, it's not every minister you listen to simply because you found them on YouTube. Because you are not supposed to be raised by every other person. No matter how deep they sound. 
the problem comes in when there are mixtures of teachings. Today you listen to this one. Today you listen to another one. The other day you listen to that one. For prayer you've got this teacher. For healing you've got this teacher. For this you've got that teacher. For this you've got that teacher. You, see, you are not in like this, just this cartoon, Avatar, where this one trains you for this bending, this one trains you for that bending, this one trains you for... You, you are not that guy. <laughs> No, you are not. You understand? God's word, when it is taught to you, every gift is able to activate. Yes. The, see, because the word of God knows exactly what to do. I can teach like this, and someone's gift is being activated. Because the word of God exactly know, knows exactly what to do. It's like, it's like seed in the ground. You don't, need, you, you don't need to add anything. When you put the, the ground and seed, know what to do. They know the chemistry. Are you listening? So you can't say anyway. <laughs> There's a lot to say. And one of the things I'll do for you today, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll make certain prayers. I want to end early so we we, we, we we make certain declarations and prayers. And the number of results you will see after today. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, the 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 testimonies you will see after today. We'll wait and see. So, ministers of the gospel are channels through which divinity finds expression. They are channels through which divinity finds expression. What that means is, there are channels through which God uses to express certain things about himself. An example is, when God wants to reveal, for example, even the side of him that he heals, God will use ministers to express that side. That's why there are ministers who are graced in that area. When God wants to express himself in any direction or any area, ministers of the gospel are channels. They are systems. And that's why when you approach a minister, you are approaching a system. It's, it's beyond just an individual. You are approaching a system. And in, the, in that system, there are actually angels who are in charge of certain things. And that's why when certain prayers are made, certain angels begin to act. Are you listening? So no one can pastor you through YouTube. You have to be planted in the house of God. <laughs> How together? No one can pastor you through what? Yes, or Facebook. You have to be planted in the house of God. Look at what the Bible says in how you should view ministers. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13. If you are there, say glory. Okay. I didn't hear everyone. So if you are there, say glory. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. So it says, uh, I 
and we urge you, brethren, says to recognize those who labor among you, and says and are over you in the Lord. That means pastors. Says they are over you in the Lord, and then it says and to admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. You esteem them highly. That means your pastor can be your friend. We are not besties. together. No, no, the fact that we laugh together or even watch football together doesn't make us besties. No, pastor and I even play FPO together. No, we are not besties. <laughs> hey, these guys have been beating me in FPO. <laughs> you guys, you guys honor the grace. <laughs> it's been, at least I'm beating Seth and the others. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not the bottom. <laughs> if you don't know what FPO is, just, uh, we, we thank God. But, um, yeah, I have, I have sons who just don't honor you. I've given up on <laughs> Praise God. So you esteem them highly. And also, this does not... Let me teach you something about ministers generally. When you look at ministers of the gospel, I ad, this is what I advise you. Every minister of the gospel, honor them. As long as they are called by God. Whether they are, whether they are educated not educated, whether they appear likeable to you, they don't appear likeable to you. As long as they are ministers of the gospel, honor them. Now, honoring doesn't mean that you, you start uh, following them or something, no. When there are debates, for example, about certain things, you will never find me in debates where people are discussing ministers. There are ministers, I will tell you this, there are ministers who I look at and they are very questionable to me. There is nothing that seems true about them. If you had to ask me, but you won't find me mention their name. When I see strange things, I just walk away like, hey, okay, my lesson, thank God. I just move on. Do you know why? Because you, will fight, you can find yourself fighting things that God is doing. You, because the fact that I don't understand doesn't mean it's not from God. Because I am not, I am not a custodian of God's mind. Put together. And sometimes when, when certain things are being done, I just move on and advise you to do the same. When people are discussed, just move on. Don't, don't pay attention. Don't, you just focus on where you are. Focus on what the Lord is doing. When people are talking, when do, people are doing, just don't pay attention. Just Sometimes you won't know that certain things are happening if you don't follow certain things. Sometimes you, you know because you follow too much. No, did you know that one left their spiritual fire? How do you even know such things? What's your business? How do you even, how do you even know who is fathering who? How's that your business? For me, that's not even my concern. I don't care who is doing what. I'm focused on, 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 on what God has called me to do. I learned it from the dear man of God, Pastor Chris. He taught us this very, very just says focus on your assignment. Leave everyone else alone. Just focus. Focus. Tell your neighbor, focus. So focus on the things that God has called you to do. Don't look for every other person. If, for example, away from him from the ministers, if there are people in your life that God has called and you know they're misbehaving, just, just leave them alone. So, for example, if you know there's a brother anointed of God, but he's sleeping around, just stay away from him. How together? I, what did I say? Stay away from yeah, I'm, no, but, but me, I'm honoring the grace. There's no, there, that's, just stay away. There's no grace there. Leave him and his relationship with the Lord alone. 
let his seniors correct him. Because you, when you talk, you, they, they will think you are not deep. Eh? I am deep. <laughs> so when people are telling him, with this that you are doing, dating two girls, what, what, it's wrong. Nah, 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 nah. Can you use divisions? No, but see, the problem that's there, and if you are here, listen, the problem that's there is that if you are being funny, you are not denting your name but the Lord's name. There are people who lose confidence in their face simply because you are misbehaving. How together? Yes. And that's why if you are called by God in whatever way, and even, even without a calling, as long as you are a believer, you should be at a place where you live right. No. We go to row number one, Minister Era. You already vibed her. She just refused. <laughs> row number two, there's a sister as well that, ah, you're, you're eyeing like that one. <laughs> that side there's your ex. The other side there is this. You, 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 you can't. I always say this. If after the age of 20, you've dated more than two people, you're the problem. Yes. No, you are the problem. No, if you stay two. No, you are the problem. No, because why? No, why? What are you looking for? You know you are far from marrying. What's your girlfriend for? To lie to? <laughs> to just tell you good morning. You can't get that from your mother. <laughs> no, you have, listen, you are far. Why, why? That's why you find yourself in more than one relationship because you are not even, you know you are far from actually even settling down. You are, you are a young lady. You are dating a 23-year-old. You think you marry you when? No, when? No, tell us, when? If you ask him, no, I'm not even thinking about that. What are you doing in the relationship then? Make it worse now, which you just keep it casual. <laughs> if I find you. <laughs> just keeping it casual. We, we shouldn't take things too far. No, but how is indeed too far? First of all, he wants to do funny things with you, but, he's not, but being serious about marriage is not taking it too, too, too far. Eh? I've said, if you're over 20, two people, you are the problem. Because one, I understand, you could have made a mistake. The second one, you should get it right. Yes. Not this year alone. This is March. You're already in two talking stages. One failed in January. The other one failed in February. March. You're talking to someone else already. No, Pastor, the, it's just, it's just, no, not just what. You're the problem. You should calm down. Sometimes take a break. They've broken your heart two minutes. Take a break. Or you, you understand, take a break. 
especially these people who are afraid of accountability. Anyone who is afraid of accountability doesn't have good intentions. Anyone. No, you are in here. Both of you. You are, listen, you are members of the church. You want to ask out each other. You don't, you don't even want to inform pastor because just, uh, let's just, uh, no, because you are, you are afraid. You, you, are, you, know, you, you know yourself. Should I, should I dwell on this? <laughs> yes. So if more than two, who is the problem? <laughs> ah, pastor, that's, that's too much. Why, why, why should you have a trail? Before you get married, why should you have a chain of excess? No, you are a young man. For example, let's say for example, you get married. At what age do you want to get married? Young men, those who are not married. 28, 45. Great. Let's assume, let's say you're, you're, you're 28. You want, you want to get married. Imagine, and this is how shameful it is. I want you to think about it. Shameful because you're 28 years old. You marry. There are maybe 10 other people out there who've, who've seen you undressed. Other than your wife. Tell me if that's not, if, if, if you tell her that, what, what, what do you think she will say? That's why you're hiding certain information, right? Because you can't be honest. The church is quiet. <laughs> they will never behave if you are here. <laughs> the word of God produces quality believers. And there are certain mistakes that you don't get to make. And if you've made certain mistakes, you can move on from today. You can say, I think I'm going to change the trajectory of my life. This time have to be the same. You understand, right? Yes. If mistakes have been made, that's in the past. Leave that. Decide that you're going to take a new journey. How together? Yes. Not in my body now, they know you. They know you. That body now, they even know that one. That one. And even if you are a believer, born again. Now, if you are not saved, this is not for you. If you are saved, if you are born again, you are seeing someone. Why are you meeting in a boarding house? Under fellowship. <laughs> no, are you opening? Are you opening? Are you opening a cell? Uh, <laughs> are you discussing sermons? No. Why are you meeting in a boarding house? Why? Why? I've told you, even last week I told you, this thing called the flesh is powerful. It will shock you. You, you, you don't, you won't even know, this is what I'm capable of, wow. You'll be shocked. Wow, I didn't even know this about myself. The flesh will shock you. Let's go on to the teaching. Mm-hmm. We paused a little too much. <laughs> I know I've talked to someone. <laughs> so, in Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul said, esteem them highly. That means that's how you should treat the people God has called for you. You esteem them highly. 
highly. That means the way you see them matters. You can esteem everyone else, but for them, high esteem. All together. Look at what Jesus said. In, uh, should be Matthew chapter number 10. Just a moment. Matthew chapter number 10. Um, Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10, verse 40. Matthew chapter number 10, verse 40. Matthew 10, verse 40. Are we there? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Read it again. He who? Jesus is talking to the apostles. Tell them, look, the one who receives you is as good as they've received me. In other words, when you accept my ministry, you've accepted, as good as you've accepted the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And then he goes on to say, verse 41, he goes on to say, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophetic reward. It says, he who receives a righteous man in the name of the righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward, right? That means generally, when you receive a man of God in their office as a man of God, you receive the fruit that comes from that office. If you receive a pastor as a brother, you've missed it. No, we are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's true. However, in the same kingdom, God has graced others to ensure that to ensure that other people are also progressing. How together? God has decided. It's a system God has put in place. And sometimes the reason why the enemy fights it is because the enemy is against God's systems. The moment a system is breached, it means the way of receiving has been breached. That's why the enemy will fight it so much because men of God or ministers of the gospel are systems through which God decides to bless other people. In Acts, for example, chapter number, chapter number uh, 13, you will notice something that the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. Didn't he say that to a person? He did. So it means the separation. Imagine, Paul was already called by God, but God said, look, separate them. In other words, it, it was a human being who had to do the work of the Holy Spirit in that moment. So separate for me, this one and this one, for the work I've got them. And they had to be separated. Someone had to ordain them for ministry. When they already called. But they still needed a human being, right? Yes. So to say that me or me, I don't need her. I, I pray. Prayer, yes, you must pray. You must fast. You must study the scriptures. All these things, you should do them on your own. It's for your growth as a believer. But that does not mean that it takes away the place of a minister in your life. The problem is, if you become minister dependent, where you don't pray on your own, you can't study on your own, you can't fast on your own, you as long as you believe, even just for example, when, when, when you are given an anointing water or something, for you, that's, that's your protection. Like when you give it, you don't even pray. Like you just, for example, this water, you just, you get it, you just sprinkle it around the house. Jesus, fire, fire, fire. When it runs out, your projection is running out. This water is here. So it means that's where the problem comes in because you've placed your faith in water. 
That's why I always say this. If you can anoint water, why not place that anointing on a human being? So, the problem is when you become dependent, you can't do certain things on your own minus the mist. That's where the problem comes in. And when we talk like this, we are not raising believers who are dependent on the pastor. No, we are raising believers who can pray, who can fast, who can worship God, who can give, who can do all these things, but still honor the ministry of their man of God. So the goal is not necessarily that in the middle of the night, if you experience something, then if you don't call pastor, then things are just bad. No, the goal should be that if you experience something in the middle of the night, you are able to cast it out on your own. But then that does not take away the ministry of your man of God. It doesn't. Are we together? Tell your neighbor, don't become too dependent. Look at them saying, don't become too dependent. Yes. So the goal is for your growth. You must grow. The same way when you are born in your mother's house, you were dependent for, for a certain period, right? Right? Some of you are still dependent anyway, but like for a certain period, even walking, you couldn't even walk on your own. Someone had to help you up, right? Eating, someone had to help you up, right? A time came when, it, when you had to eat on your own. A time came when you had to bath on your own. A time came when you had to go to school on your own. But before you couldn't go to school, they had to take you to school. They had to, they had to go and get you because you can get lost. But a time came when you became independent a certain way. And even right now, maybe for example, you're still dependent financially because you're still a student or, or, or something really, or you're yet to be employed. But generally, a time will come when you won't depend on anything financial from your parents. Because the goal is not to raise a financially dependent person, but someone independent. I think I was laughing earlier when Deacon Smith was giving or well, coming remarks, she said, uh, we receive material things from our parents, cars. I'm like, yes, people receive cars. <laughs> and houses. Guys have received houses. <laughs> so you know parents are different, eh? <laughs> we come from different families. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> when God was planting parents like that, we were giving cars. I think it skipped me. <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't give us cars, eh? They give you a car, Still working. <laughs> no worry, you give your children cars. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. So it says, He who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Yes. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, the minister who was trading us is Pastor Daniel Kaira. And for me, that man is a prophet. All right. I see him like that. Every time we are talking, there's always a prophetic word coming from his lips. He may not even realize it. Because that's how I've chosen to see him. So sometimes, I, sometimes I've sometimes i learned the art of provoking prophetic words from people. There's, I can talk to someone and I can, I, can, I can pick a word. You can master it. There's a way you can get a prophetic word from a man of God every time you talk. There's a way you can do it. The problem is that, Pastor, your team lost last week. That's what you're looking at. <laughs> no, but we won, though. But we, your team lost last. <laughs> you get the point. So you, there, there's a way you can, even with the man of God, like at, 
I don't remember the last time I sat with him and I didn't hear something from God as we are having a conversation. I can't remember. Sometimes just five minutes, we talk and he says something. He, he doesn't even say, that says the Lord. No. I see this. And, no. We're just talking and I can pick that God is saying something. Why? You've received a prophet in the name of a prophet. So, as I said, your pastor can't be your friend. Because when they're your friend, you receive a friendship reward. That's all you will receive. So no matter how friendly, sometimes you are the one to warn yourself. Because that's we joke around and we say hi to people. Mm-hmm. So when you become friendly and you decide that we are, we are friends, we'll be besties, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Are you listening? Yes, God. So, let's, let's move on. Um, so here are a few things you need to know about the ministry of your man of God. Here are a few things you need to know about the ministry of your man of God. Firstly, let's read Hebrews chapter number 13, verse 17. All these scriptures, we're, we're reading together so that you know that we're not quoting things from our head. They're in the Bible. Hebrews chapter number... Um, I said what? Okay. 13 and 17, right? Hebrews chapter number 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Are we there? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Read it. I want you to understand what the Bible is saying there. That, that, that scripture is heavy. If you knew, read it and understand it. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, we can go to another version. What, what other version can you look at? Amplified or TPT? NLT? Any? Switch. Those, so in this church, you must have online Bible. So that you can just switch translations. TPT? TPT? So those with the uh, Passion Translation. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Obey your spiritual leaders and recommend their authority so they keep watch over your soul without risk. Let's go. Mm, NLT. Let's go. Jesus. Did we guys pass through grade one? Let's one, two, three, go. Let's go. It says, obey, it says, obey those who are over you. Obey those or your spiritual leader. It says, for their job is to watch over your souls. Imagine someone's job is to watch over your soul. Like, to watch over simply means, it's like you've been given, let's say, for example, this keyboard, and we say, look, 
We've all gone outside. In short, you watch over it. What's that supposed to mean? It means you guard it, right? It means no one should steal it, right? It means if it's stolen, who will answer for it? So think about it. If I, as your spiritual leader, I don't watch over your soul, who will be answerable? It won't be you, it will be me. Look at what the final part says. It says, from the NLT says, um, it says, and they, it says, and, they, and they are accountable to God. It says, give them reason to do this with joy and not, not with sorrow. That would uh, certainly not be profitable uh, of, of your benefit, rather. That means to watch over, okay, let me explain this. Your soul simply means your mind, your emotions, and your intellect. Right? Remember, God is the father of your spirit. So God is the one who watches over your spirit. But the watching over of your soul, God has given it to your spiritual leaders. That means the state of your soul is your pastor's business. And if your soul includes your emotions, that's why we can say certain things about your dating, because it includes your emotions. We don't, of course, we don't control. I can't tell you who to be with. That's your business. That's the free will God has given you. Understand, right? If you want to be with this sister, that's your business. Because I know some of you like strange ladies. <laughs> you have a type. It's just strange. <laughs> so we can't tell you no. Yes, that, that's between you and... You, you understand, eh? If you get married, you'll, you'll, you'll be the two of you. I won't be there. Me, my job is just to counsel you. <laughs> and to bless your marriage. It ends there. Your strangeness, we will go home with it. You understand? Same. Some sisters like that strange guys. As long as now quarter is. The way is back. <laughs> I'll be finding off using it every same one now. <laughs> Riz. My wife was asking what it means. I was, I, I was teaching her. <laughs> Felt like a Gen Z. <laughs> so, so, generally, the Bible says, the spiritual leaders, they, they watch over your souls. It says they, they will give account to God on your behalf. That means God will ask your pastor about how your soul was in that particular moment. And your pastor will come and say, this one, Father, this one, this one, this one never behaved themselves. This one was your problem. This one is a good boy. This one is a good gift. It means there will be an account and God will ask. And then it says, you should do so with joy. You should do so with joy. Because it would be unprofitable. Imagine giving you someone giving a negative report before God for, on your behalf. Because that's what the Bible is showing us there. That they will give account for you, right? Yes. So if you are a dodgy child of the house, that's what we will say. I, I wish God could, could just help us write a report. A physical, just to just type it on life, say that one, that member. Mm. Lord, that one, when she's in love, she's a problem. You just put it. <laughs> says they watch over your soul. Someone says, my soul is watched over. Yes. Look at another scripture. Um, Acts chapter number 20, verse 28. Acts 20, verse 28. We're looking at it from the NKJV. 
Acts 20 verse 28. Acts 20 verse 28. Are we there? The Bible says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. It says, Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. It didn't say the Holy Spirit is the overseer. It says he's made you. That means the Holy Spirit has made certain people overseers over the flock. Have you seen that? Yes. It says to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. What that means is the Lord purchased the church with his own blood and he decided to give responsibility to people to say, look, take care of the church as I go. Do you remember that's what, that's what they did to Peter? Right? He asked him, Peter, do you love me? Of course, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Lord, of course I love you. Feed my He said it again. Jesus said it the third time. Peter got irritated. Peter got irritated. It's like someone just asking you, do you love me? He told them, yes. Do you really love me? <laughs> of course I do. Do you really love me? Ah, by the time the third time, like, ah, what's up? Seen you raise the dead. Seen you open blind eyes, but we're crossing the line here. <laughs> so there are people that God has made overseers over you. It says the Holy Spirit has made them overseers. So the Bible says, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Let's read it together. So that people are convinced in the scriptures. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Acts 20 to 28. One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. That means you are overseeing people's affairs, people's lives, people's souls. The, I'll tell you this as a pastor. There are certain people I have prayed for and God rightly speaks. He said, look, if that one doesn't change, their ending may not be well. Pray for him. Talk to him. That's what it means because God can speak over these matters. He can speak over someone. Say, call that one. That's why you can't be pastored on YouTube because they don't even know you. How are they overseeing a soul they've never met? They have no idea who you are, where you stay. They don't have your number. They can't even correct you. You misbehave anyhow. Because, I mean, my pastor is... Uh, Whoever I want to mention. Now nah, it means there's a problem. You understand, right? Yes, even me. There is someone who ensures that if I mess up, I'm corrected. There is someone who's got the authority to come in this year today. A human being can come and say, mm, I've suspended you, you won't be preaching for the rest of the day, and I'll listen, I'll sit. Because there is no person who can be corrected. If you are above reproach, you're saying you're God. You understand, right? Yes. That's why you must be correctable. Be correct. Someone can sit you down and say, mm, listen. And that's why every person you decide to, uh, to be close to in terms of doing whatever, be it business or whatever it is, you must have people that you know. Hey, this one is accountable, that one. Because when trouble arises, there must be people you can report them to. If there is no one you can report someone to, it means it's a problem. You understand? 
Yes. Let's go. So he says, they watch over your soul. That's, that's, that's one of the biggest roles that pastors have over you. They watch over your souls to ensure that you are well, to ensure that your soul is well, your mind is well, everything is well. And so we teach you the word of God. We pray for you. We do all these things for you to ensure that things are actually going well. That's why a person who is not pastor, there is no one watching over their souls and that becomes dangerous. That becomes dangerous. And sometimes people, when people know that someone is watching them, that's when they become dodgy, when they are misbehaving. They even stop, the, you stop coming to church or when they come. The moment service is done, I don't want pastor to see me say, ah, walk out. Because I saw, oh, pastor was rushing somewhere. I've been lying now. I was busy, pastor. Ah, this, I'm like, this one is lying. They are afraid of accountability. Amen. 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 So young ladies, don't go out with a young man who is not accountable. You don't have to be here. But don't go out with a young man who is not accountable somewhere. Out together. Him is just him and his wisdom. Just him and his wisdom. Like, ah, nah, nah, me, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need. That's the problem. They have to be accountable. Like I said, you don't have to be here, but they have to be accountable somewhere. All together. Somewhere, somewhere, there should be someone. Do you know that in this church, I've had parents report their children to me? Yes. A mother calling me said, this one is a problem. <laughs> I'm telling you, this one is a problem. And you know sometimes how mothers talk, eh? The conversation should be ending five minutes, but it's just 30 minutes. It's like, Lord, why? <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at work. <laughs> Can we talk after? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to finish. Just, just, just two more minutes. No, I've had parents come and report their children. I'll sit the, the child down. In the presence of their mother. And I tell the mother, if this one misbehaves again, don't send them scoofies. Yes. No, I'm brutal when it comes to such things. I'm not your favorite guy in that area. I'll be honest with them. Say this one, this one is misbehaving. No, because why, why are you misbehaving here in school? Hey, student. That's the problem when some people test freedom. You get too excited. Like, like no one can no one can control you. You discover that ah, I can go buy, I can go buy lollipops at, at, at 20 hours at like a shop. Ah, at home is wild. They, you, you can't go out. Now you discover that freedom, and now it's just ha. No, you abuse it. Your parents call me. You hear from it. I will sit down. Even if your mother is not in this country, they reach me who have a conference call. I will video call her and we will talk. No, because I have a responsibility to ensure that you are doing well. And not just in your health, but generally in your life. It's my responsibility. 
ah, no, me, I can't go there. That's why some people run away because they, they want to go somewhere where no one knows them. They are running away from accountability because no one knows them. Like, ah, me, nah, me, no, me, no. we will know you. First of all, if you're here, we'll find a system of knowing you. I'll get your number. I'll call you. I'll ask you certain things. I think there, 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 are some, there are some sons of, of the house who, when the women had the women's meeting, they asked me for the link because I know since I had to ask. I thought you are single. <laughs> What's this link for? No, I have to ask. <laughs> they explain, no, it's just, it's just for a friend. Oh, we bless the Lord. I sent the link. <laughs> no, but I have to know. Not one day we wake up in Kuma status, happy three years anniversary. We didn't, we, we didn't even know. When did you clock three years? Your cell leader is unaware. No one knows anything. The last three years have been the best of my life. In me. I'm Dickon. Dickon agrees. <laughs> so we must know. And if there's a son in this house who's been approaching, just text me. You have my, ask your neighbor if they have my number. Just text me. So, Pastor, this one last week told me I mean the world to them. <laughs> Send me a message. Let me know what they said. I will text them. I will define the world. <laughs> you told someone that she means this to you. Is it true? Reason. <laughs> let me know. Or if the person is telling you, no, let's keep it private. They're not. They're, listen, you are not. Why, why, why should you be a secret? No, you are not a bad habit. Why should it be a secret? No, it's just private. No, 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 no. They're lying to you. It's just, just privacy. Takwava. You is privacy, but when Man United play, they play, they, they post Rashford. Their love for Manchester United is just so loud. But you, your love is just private. Like, it's just, it's just me, I'm a private person. I don't like people knowing my personal. No, 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 no. Emmanuel Shonga is just looking guilty at the back. Look at, <laughs> look at him. Not even smiling like, ah, I'm a private person. Hi, Emmanuel. <laughs> Number two, pastors are supposed to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 3 verse 15. Jeremiah 3 verse 15. I should be ending shortly. I said I wanted us to pray together, right? 
I should have ended about 30 minutes ago. Just that I'm enjoying doing this. <laughs> I've been blessed. <laughs> Jeremiah 3 verse 15. Are we there? Turn there first what we read. The time is almost up. People want to go buy ice creams for each other. Jeremiah 3.15. <laughs> yeah, I've been running away. Ah, these, these people are delaying me. They're delaying me. <laughs> oh Lord, may God forgive some of you. <laughs> Jeremiah 3.15. Let's read together. One day we go. Yes. <laughs> read it again. One, two, three, go. Yes. It says, and I will give you shepherds. Some friends say pastors, right? It says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart. You know what that means? You don't choose your pastor. God chooses for you. It's not your choice. That's why you can be near and listen. You know I'm your man of God. No matter how much you resist it, you come home. Some of you have not filled in the membership form. You will sign it. I'll give you a pen. <laughs> says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. God knows his heart towards you. So he gives you a shepherd. Your shepherd is a revelation of God's heart towards you. You understand? And because, you know, some of you, do you know why you can't choose your own pastor? It's very simple. Because some of you will choose your pastor without still the things you like to hear. There are some things you need to hear. I will give you. He says, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That means that's the role of your man of God, to feed you with knowledge and understanding. That means you, when you come in church, it must be a buffet. You understand, right? It must be, it, the sermon must be cooked. You get it, right? It must be ready. Because you are being fed with knowledge and understanding. That means every time you sit and you listen to your man of God, there's an impartation of knowledge and understanding. And it's not just understanding of scriptures, but you understand times. You understand prophetic words. You understand dreams. You understand why? Because the word, as the word of God comes, it's bringing up all the understanding in your spirit. Your understanding increases. Oh, now I understand the Bible better. I understand this better. I understand this better. Why? That's the job of your pastor. To feed you with knowledge and understanding. Say, I will give you shepherds. I will give you. I will give you. I will give you. I will. That means God is the one who gives. The question is, have you received? Because it says, he who receives. There are people who can sit in church but have not received the ministry of their pastor. You sit but you've not received it. That means we can't advise you. We can't teach you. And even when we're teaching you, you are selective what you hear. When pastor says you are the problem, if you don't want two people, wow, I'm gamba mweka. That's not. That one, you're alone. No, nah, that one, no. Nah. 
you are filled with knowledge and understanding. Amen. amen. Say louder, amen. amen. Say louder, amen. amen. Knowledge and understanding. Say someone say knowledge and understanding. Yes. So church is not just a place where you get to be just be a good citizen. I tell you, no, do this, do that. No, it's a place where knowledge is imparted. The knowledge of God is imparted to your spirit. The knowledge of God is imparted to you. That's why you shouldn't be the same. When you come, especially when you come to BLC, you shouldn't be the same. No, you shouldn't be. You are not even allowed. The knowledge you acquire is supposed to change everything about you. Yes. Okay, let's close with this. The final point. Your man of God is, your, is God's system of preservation. It's one of, not the only one. There, there are several ways that God preserves and your man of God is one of the ways that God uses to preserve you. One of them. He's not, he's not the soul. Okay? Are we together? He's not the only one. There are many other systems God uses for preservation. Prayer, is, a, for example, is one of the ways God uses for preservation. The word of God is God's system of preservation, generally. Revelation is God's word of pre- preservation, really. Even eating healthy is God's word of preservation. Out together. But your man of God is one of the ways that God uses to actually preserve you. Look at Hosea chapter number 12, verse 13. Hosea chapter number 12, verse 13. Hosea chapter number 12, verse 13. Are we there? Hosea. People are, don't know where it's. Guys, it's, 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 it's somewhere in the Bible. It's, just, it's between Genesis and Revelation. Somewhere in between, you'll find it. It's not difficult to find. Ah, those are hard copy Bibles who cook table of contents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God. If your lawyer is not even mighty, we will say it again. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Hosea chapter number 12, verse 13. Are we there? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? It says, by a prophet, God brought Israel out of, out of Egypt. It said, by a prophet, they were preserved. He didn't say by his power. It says, by a prophet. That means God uses people for preservation. Can I tell you how that works? Can I explain to you just, just a little bit? You can come, for example, in church like this. And after service, I speak a blessing over you. Even if, for example, you are supposed to be involved in an accident this week. There is no force in, of, of hell that can succeed in that place. The moment the blessing is given, angels take charge. It means every road will be covered for your sake. Yes. Look at what the Bible says about Samuel, uh, First Samuel. We'll go back to First Samuel as well. That will be our last scripture. First Samuel chapter number three should be verse nineteen. First Samuel chapter number three, verse nineteen. First Samuel three nineteen. First Samuel three nineteen. Are we there? 
the Bible says, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. It says, and let none of his words fall to the ground. I want you to think about what that means. That means when Samuel spoke, there is no word that didn't come to pass. If you understand. It means the word as if you did want something to happen, Samuel didn't have to speak it. If Samuel spoke, angels had to rush and ensure that that word comes to fruition. So it means when, for example, the blessing is being given, for example, when you're, when you're being prayed for, when you're being spoken over, once you see someone as your man of God, there is no word that's permitted to fall to the ground. You must see that person, look, these words have been spoken over me. I carry prophecy on my head. This prayer was said over me. It was said of me that I shall live and not die. It was said of me that sickness has no place in my body. It was said of me that this week I am preserved. You go about with that consciousness. Say this word will not fall to the ground. This whole week there is preservation. This whole week there is provision. This whole week, you understand? There are systems that begin to align simply because words were spoken. It's God's system of preserve. See, that's how that see that's how the prophet preserved Israel. He simply spoke and Israel was being preserved. He spoke the word of God and Israel was being preserved. As he spoke, the enemies could not stand because the words of God were in action. Are you listening? That's why, listen. There is no person, as long as you are connected to a man of God, who should be who should be under any demonic attacks. Let me share one final scripture. First Samuel itself. Chapter number one. Remember the story of Hannah. Right? Remember the story of Hannah, right? But we'll read, we'll read it for the sake of those who don't. First Samuel chapter number one, verse eight. Going down. First Samuel chapter number chapter number one, verse eight, going down. Are you there? Are you there? The Bible says, Then Elkanah her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you why why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? This God confidence. Am I not enough for you? <laughs> than ten sons. Lord, that level of confidence. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> and verse 9 says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest, Eli in this moment, he was, he was like doing the ministry of a pastor. All together. He was a priest. And priests were doing the ministry really that pastors do it today. All together. So Eli the priest was sitting on, this, on the seat uh, by the doorpost of the, of the tabernacle of the Lord. Um, and she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she, she made a vow and said, Oh Lord of hosts, in other words, God of angel armies, all right, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, okay, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. That means no, no hairstyles, this guy. 
or haircuts rather. And then it says, verse 12 says, And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli washed her mouth. All right. Now Hannah spoke in her heart while her lips, were, while her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Verse 14 says, So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. <laughs> Babusa. Verse 15 says, But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of, sor of sorrowful spirit. I have, I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your message and a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Look at what Eli said. She was, she was praying all this time, right? Look at what Eli said to her. And then he says, Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she went. It was after the man of God spoke that she had a child. Not after she prayed. She had been, this was not the first time Hannah was praying. Hannah had been praying all along. The moment the man of God said, go your way, may the God of Israel answer your petition. In that moment, that was the moment that the answer was given to her. There are certain things that you simply need one word from your man of God and it is done. No, you've been applying jobs everywhere. Why not come We just speak one word? Why not? All together. Let's be on our feet. My time is nearly up.